chapter 1 from verse 9. James 1 from verse 9. James 1 from verse 9. Are you there? Let's read together. One, two, go. James chapter 1 and verse 9. Like men that have the Spirit of God, everybody wants to go. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that his, in, in that his what? So meaning that if he went to a polytechnic or college of education, he must rejoice. All you do is a tutu. Therefore, rejoice. That's what he's talking about. Brother of low degree that does refer to someone who doesn't have much. Are we together? A brother who isn't so financially you know, buoyant as they were. Are we together? Since let him rejoice in that he's exalted. Go on. Continue. But and the rich in that is made low. Continue. I didn't hear that. To be honest, I need you guys to be louder. It's hard to pick it again. Because, because as the flower and the grass are here, he shall pass away. Thank you very much. Are we going to verse nine? That's verse nine. That's verse ten. That's verse 10. Okay. Thank you very much. Let's stop there. How we together? Look at what it says there. He says, "Let so in the church." Now pay attention to this. In the church, the mindset is, "My life does not consist in the abundance of what I have." So it doesn't matter whether Brotubosun is earning. 1.2 m per month are we together and there's some other guy who is earning 100k per month you won't know by their interaction are you with me my guy what's in the happen can you share how far how far how three yesterday about juice nobody knows amen it's not ah there's any 1.2 m per month though. there's kind of people that you can you can only talk to they are the leagues of millionaires are you with me or in fact, now people even do league based on car in church. What kind of car you have to If there's people that is bike, some other people is Uber. As many people is Toyota Corolla or Camry. Just that some other people is Benz and Lexus. There's some other people is Jeep. From like Benz Formatic, Lexus. You know, I'm listening up like that. You are, no, you have me. Of the most Those ones are known. This one of the G Wagon. Um, four by four by four Ranger V8, Rolls Royce, those are senior comrades. <laughs> so they haven't entered the church. So they, are, they, are, they have chairs, but nobody says it's their chair, but we all know it's their chair. <laughs> so, so, you know, as they are coming, even the usher goes. <laughs> even the way you are directing is different because you know, after service, what you say, ah, you sir, <laughs> you know. So, sir, <laughs> thank you very much. You don't have to. You didn't have to. Thank you very much, sir. You know. But what I'm trying to say is that in the church, look at what it says. It says, "Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that is exalted." Meaning, it's not just for. And this is why this is a two-way thing. It's not just for the rich to be humbled. The brother of low degree must rejoice in that is exalted. We must not have a brother among us who, because he's not making money or he's not earning so much money, is depressed. Or is having low self-esteem. He is, a, he is wrong. Do you understand? Because there's a way you always want to look at let the rich people be humble. Let them be humble. No, it's not just that. The brother of no degree also must rejoice in that he's exalted. That when he's in the church, in, in the outside world, people may look at him based on how much he has. But when he's in church, nobody cares. Do you understand? Exactly. You know, because they're really like that and they don't have money, then they develop self-esteem. They don't even know that they develop it. they're not projecting it. So any small thing, maybe there's a little clash in church. You say it's not because I'm not I'm not making money. You don't even know. We don't even know how much you have. We don't even know you don't have money. Are you with me? No. 
When you come to church, it doesn't matter. Even if you know that this guy is any one million, even if both of you knew your salaries. Do you understand? Both of you, in fact, when you now work, is not that maybe there is a particular donation to do in church. Say, oh, more, I don't get rich that this new, I don't get rich that level. Say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Come on. Sure. Jesus, that's how, that's how we should be in church. Do you get me? We should not know, people outside should not know who has and who doesn't have. Do you get me? We should not even. Like, so, um, 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 in, when I, back home, when I go to church, we have a friend of ours that drives, that has a car, actually, that drives us. If you are among us, you will not even know who has the car. Because if all of us can drive, it's all of us that are driving. Nobody, nobody is our car. That's it. That's the honest. It's our car. Do you understand my point? That's how it is. There's no way ah, this person has this one, this person doesn't have, we don't know. You cannot know who among us are. Let me tell you a very funny um, encounter. So I had this actually. So there's a particular guy who, um, okay, a, a couple of friends actually. So a particular guy started working for a foreign company and then he said, earning the tune of millions actually. Earning the tune of millions. And so, as a, so there, there was one of them that was left, a girl, and she was still in school. Right? So it was after this guy got the job that the girl came back from school. Are you with me? But his friends already knew how much he was earning because, I mean, they were even there when he got the job. So they knew how much he was earning. But this friend who just came, just knew that this guy is working in a better job now because she could tell some things. Okay, he changed his phone. You get just little, little things here and there. But she didn't know exactly how much it was, all right? So it was not like about three months after that she had been around that she was not having a discussion with one of, the, one of the other persons. And the person just told her how much that guy was earning. And she just sent him a message immediately. She said, guy, you didn't tell me it was like this now. She did not know how much, nothing changed. She just, the only thing that she just knew was, he's living a bit better. Do you understand? There are some things you can get now that you couldn't afford before. Do you understand my point? But there was no change. Nothing. That is the life of a believer. The only way we should know that, if like I say, guy, money don't need that this guy and this, maybe that, maybe your clothes, do you understand? That the clothes you are using now. And it's not like you just go all flashy. Do you but we can say, ah, the material of these shirts, a day, do you get this, this shoe that I'm looking at? You know, some shoes that you don't know the price, but when you look at it, ah, you can tell that this one a person net worth. Just now, you can tell. Are you with me? That's how we should be. Do you understand? Not that you, you know, you want to by the three by the three cameras behind your phone, you want us to know that you've arrived. Do you understand? That's not it. That's not Christian virtue. Are we together? Conservatism, even among people that are rich, conservative. Are you with me? Let, the, the way it should be is that when people hear how much you have, they should be shocked. I'm thinking, ah, are you serious? He has that amount of money. Wow. Not that eh, every person had more. <laughs> like, and it's not even like they're trying to, it's not like they're trying to shame you or anything. They're like, eh, ah, ah, wow. But you know, some people are also very nosy. You are not, it's not like they're trying to prove anything. They just, some people just create an idea of you in their head. Ah, you must be having this amount. Now that's different. But I'm saying that, like, you, you just, you know, you're just, this is not that you should not be eating any hour, not be drinking, because you don't want them to know you have money. No, that's what we are saying. But we are saying, don't, don't be about showing off. Are we together? Don't be about, and when you lose your job too, that now you're not earning as good as you used to. Now, of course, you won't feel good about it, you won't be happy about it, but it's not like to now show and we all know that, ah, Kosovo, do you understand? All the shoulder part now come down. You know, like, you know, it's clean chair before, you're not cleaning chair now. You're cleaning chair now so that God will look at your labor and reward you. 
Are you together? That's not how it should be. You know, there, there are some people, they even believe that there are some units that once you have money, you cannot work in. Sanitation, ah, it's not for people to have money. And even the funny thing, it just shows that there are some things that we did not learn from the previous generation. That's the truth. Ah, I remember when, I remember then, in the church we used to attend before, in Bagada then, you would see people, and I'm talking of men who would come out of their jeeps. They would, on Saturday then, to come and wash chairs in church. You see men come out of jeep. I'm not talking of, you know, there's jeep and there's jeep. Not jeep is very common. I'm talking of good jeep. Do you understand my point? They will come out with everybody. They will roll their trousers, washing chairs together. And you see them alongside maybe one other man that is, is you know that he doesn't have money. And they will be together. Do you understand? They will be washing. There is no um, person that has money. Nobody together. They are washing the chairs together, moving, everybody walking together, no quickening. Everybody dressed back. In fact, they even take him, go and drop him in his house, go on their own. That's true Christian living. Are we together? That's true Christian living. There is no, nobody has money. That's why I tell you to our next thing. I don't, like, I've not seen anything like that. And the name of Jesus is going to continue like that. I've not seen anything like that among us here. We don't want to know how much you have. Maybe it's not possible that because I'm the person in charge here, I'm going to know about some people. Do you understand? I'll know about folks that probably have more than some others. You get when we notice that your brother doesn't have among ourselves, you know, I think we should do this for this guy. Do you understand? So and so forth. We, never, we can even know that you won't even know it. You can just go through the pastor that we just give him and say, um, some brothers in the church just arrange this for you. Take. That's how things should be done. Are you with me? That's how things should be done. All right. Conservatism. Not seeing ourselves based on how much more we are, how much we have. It, it should not be impossible. And, and I've, I've always I've said this. You see, we should look at the possibility of having presidents, governors, celebrities in the church. Not that because we became a celebrity, you can't you can't come to church anymore. And then you not tell the pastor, you say, you know how it is. I say, I understand. Eh? I understand. I don't understand, though. Understand, or maybe there's something I don't understand yet because I'm still young in ministry. Maybe as I grow older and I have more experience, maybe you say that because you are young. Maybe when I have more experience, I'll not see why you can't be making it to church every Sunday. I will see those deep things, jiggers, but for now, I can't see it. I can't, there's no reason whatsoever. Do you understand? Come to church, and this is the thing, it's a lot harder. To correct those kind of things when they are already celebrities. But it's easier when they are that way as they are going up the ladder. Do you understand my point? Do you understand me? And the reason I'm saying this is because all the celebrities we are shouting now, they are going to celebrity. Sure, you know, it's people like you that will be there in the next couple of years. The people that are calling celebrities now, they were just like us a while ago, looking at some people and being, ah, my faves. Are you with me? So you too, not in the next five, ten years, you also be some people's faves. Don't forget what we are saying now. Are we together? Are you with me? That's that you must make a resolve that no matter how high I climb in the corporate ladder, this is how I am going to be. Are we together? I was hearing about the testimony of a particular man, one of the foremost neurosurgeons in Africa, actually. In fact, in the world, as a matter of fact. And this man is still, I think he was celebrating 40 years, I think, in the Baptist church. 40 years in the Baptist church as a keyboardist, a neurosurgeon. I'm talking of a world-renowned neurosurgeon. 40 years of keyboard, but us today, our, this is our generation. You cannot even last in one church for three years. Basically, when you're an instrumentalist, ah, it's all about the money. The church where they are paying the most. 
but just ready to have the best sound so you can trend. Call you so, um, eye sticks. When you run. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. There's so many, so many values that we have to learn. It's, it's, they are quickly going out of extinction. Are we together? We have to bring it back. Amen? Bring it back. Train people. So that would let you realize, therefore, that materialism is not material prosperity. It therefore has nothing to do with money or with having money or not having money, actually. It's an ungodly prioritization of money above anything else. That's really what um, this thing is. So, like as, as we've said before, therefore, a poor person can be materialistic. You don't need to have money to be materialistic. A poor person can be materialistic. That's very possible. Once you begin to see yourself, or you begin to see the value of your life based on what you have, you're materialistic. It's that simple. All right? Very, just simply that way. Look at First Timothy 3, 6. First Timothy 6, from verse 3 to 10. Mm-hmm. All right. Go on. tells you that if any man does not you know, submit himself to the wholesome doctrine of Christ, what do you say you should do? He says, depart from such. And you would expect that when he's talking about the wholesome doctrine of Christ, he's probably talking about people that want to preach heresy, so on and so forth. And then as you read down the context, you realize that people are talking about are people who are all about money. Hallelujah. They say that they, there are those that think that godliness is unto gain. That gain is godliness. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Hallelujah. And if you now, if you look at the book of Timothy, first of all, you have to realize that Paul is speaking to a pastor here, Timothy, pastor of the Ephesian church. This is a pastoral epistle. So it makes you realize that he's actually talking about the work of ministry, although it can also reflect in other things. But he's talking about people who all they do as regards ministry is for money. Here you know that people like that. Terrible. I'm not just talking about honorarium now. I'm talking about in terms of everything about their worship is about money. If they are worshiping God, it's so that God will bless them. If they are serving God or they are cleaning chair, it's so that God will look upon them as they are cleaning chair and give them money. If they are even giving in church, it's so that as they are giving to God, God will look at them and say, ah, this person can give. Then he moves the hand of God. And God now bless them as well. Every single thing about their spiritual devotion is just about money. Hallelujah. And that's something that we need to watch out for. It's a terrible way to live. When everything for you is just about what can you get. You know, I feel like that. One of the things, one, a, a very, one of the major um, triggers for me when I talk to people is when the person is always talking about money. I have issues with people that always talk about money. Not because I don't like money, not because I don't like to make money. <laughs> As a matter of fact, <laughs> I like to make money a lot. But the reality of it is, I mean, sure you know what we are doing in Carrizo Ministry. Ah, we don't have money. We need money. Just that. But the reality of it is this, is that it gets boring and tiring when everything about you is money. It's terrible. 
You can't have it. You know, they put like that. You can't have a conversation with them. It's just money. Just money. Nothing about innovation. Nothing about. Let them forget about the gospel as by your friends. Do you understand? Talking about. Just talk to people generally. Just have innovations. What is the next big thing you are doing? Do you understand? What is the next thing? What, what's, um, what is your next endeavor? What are you trying to make better? But for you, it's just money, money, money. Ah, kilo day. What's the problem? No, it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible way to live. Are we together? Do you understand? And he says from source, you should withdraw yourself. That's the instruction he gives you. It's interesting that all the instructions that Paul gave as regards money was always to withdraw yourself. Compared to even other times when he would even say, restore the brother or something like that, he gives you straight direct withdraw. Because, you, trust me, if you stay around materialistic people, you become materialistic. That's the truth. Stay around people who have a craze for wealth or for money for a while. You'll begin to see things the way they do. It's just the way it is. Everything for you will now begin to be about money. Are we together? Do you understand me? So, withdraw yourself from such people. Everything must not be about money. Everything must not be about what can you gain. Everything must not be about, you know, what's the next big thing? No. You know, and then you now hear some people begin to come up with some, you know, very funny languages that have come up with. If it's not making money, it's not making sense. And yet it's like, if, if it's not about money, don't call me. If it's not about this, don't call me. Say, is he making money? Is he adding money to my pocket? Is he, then why are you calling me? Stupid. Very. Life cannot be all about money. It's not possible. Some people become so, some people, they become so poor, all they have is money. That's all they have. Just money. Okay, so what else? Money. Uh-huh. Money. <laughs> hey. There are places you get to that money can't do anything. No. Hallelujah. There are places you get to that money can't. Trust me. Even as a businessman, you have to recon- reconcile that. That there's money, there's influence. That's like there's money, there's influence. You know, everybody don't have money. But they know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Have you met people like that? Yes. Ah. They don't have money, but there's hardly any office you want to reach that they don't know somebody there. That is money, I'm telling you. That's all the money you need. That's it. Relationships. There's a time when you have to esteem relationships above money. Let me also talk about this too. There's some, some of you, you have friends. Is it, it's your friend's birthday. Or it's your friend's um, maybe wedding ceremony or something. But because of one project, one gig or so, you will not show up for your friend. Because of, you now say, ah, that is, that is that about money? That even my friend, this, you now send gifts. I know that this on there is unholy and ungodly thing about us that makes us believe we can use money to cover for everything. You don't even write an apology note, apology letter. You just send gifts. And the unfortunate thing is that society has normalized it such that we even celebrate it in relationships. So a guy does something wrong, and the, we we believe that the way he's supposed to apologize to his spouse is by an all-expense-pay trip. And so, now, you are pushing ideology, and then you wonder why guys don't say, I'm sorry, once they have money. And now, because that was the only, the only reason for him making money in the first instance, so that once I have money, it covers for any mistake I make. Do you understand? So, once I do anything wrong, the next thing I do, I get you, maybe one all expense pay trip to Dubai. I have no reason to apologize to you. That's what the apology you need. I, I, don't, I don't know. Have you guys seen uh, the particular episode of this um, Files and Token Makiwa, this thing, where you're talking about apologies? And he said, of course I apologize. I apologize. Like, for example, Jesus, uh, ask her. I sent her 200,000. What is the other apology that is needed? And you will be sure there are men that believe that. They believe so. I mean, apology will return in the same Do you understand my point? That's the thing. 
you there are some there are some kind there's sometimes when you let money go are you with me it's not every money no that you can eat what the one you've been making no it is not turning to a millionaire you get like are you just be honest with yourself all the ones you've been making it has not made you a billionaire calm down this one that you will lose it's not the one that will turn around the story of your life. You know, the way we always made to believe that ah, that next opportunity that I miss, that's the one that will turn my life around. That is not true. And even if it is, it will come again. Amen? Amen. That's it. That's it. Alright? So, let's be value relationships. Value people. These are things that you don't even realize are already a part of us. Value people. Value relationships. Show up for people. Your friend has a wedding. Show up. Your friend has a birthday celebration. Call them. Say hi. Send them a message or something. Just uh, show up. If you cannot show up, apologize. I'm really sorry. We'll find some time to catch up. That's something. Don't just be all about, you know, I can't meet up. I'll send you a gift too. Just uh, send them a gift. Surprise package. Anon. Anon is good. Because now that I now say, ah, he said Anon is not good. Anon is good though. Just, uh, however, are you think? Be there for people. Are we together? Do you understand me? Don't just let it all be about money. money. Are you talking about contentment? Contentment is a virtue that we must have. Are we together? And so therefore, when he said there that the love of money is the root of all evil, he's not trying to say, of course, he has already given you a context as to what the love of money will refer to. The love of money therefore refer to the ideology that you are trying to use spirituality to gain wealth. Are we together? Those are people that tell you that you should, you should drop money to connect to the realms of Abrahamic blessings. People don't know what they're talking about. I've told you guys about the generational blessing of Abraham. I've not told you guys before. Sure, you know that. People don't talk about this a lot. Let me first say it. Let me say it. When did Abraham have his first child? Ishmael. Well, it's hard to give an exact date to that. But you can know that he didn't have it. He didn't have it earlier than 75. That we know. Because the promise was given to him at 75. That we know. Do you understand? And he had Isaac at a hundred. Are you together? Even when you have, you can't have had Ishmael any other than eighty. Quite frankly, that's one. How early did it take Isaac to have Jacob and Esau? Is it? Don't worry. Go and check this. Go and check it on your own. How early? Did he take Jacob to have the child he actually wanted? You know, he had two wives, right? He had Leah and he had, um, what's the name of this other? Rachel. Leah had children quite easily. That was no problem. But the one he actually loved, Congo, Rachel. How early was it for Rachel to have ch- kids? So when you're tapping into generational blessings of Abraham. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Exactly. <laughs> But don't mind me. <laughs> I just wanted to I just wanted to add that by the way. That's that's nothing serious, to be honest. What I'm trying to let you see is those things are rubbish. There's no way any apostle in the Bible did tap, it, tap into a grace. Come um, the first five people that come here now is one thousand naira. It's terrible. When you want to use the gospel for gain. So now let me now say something. And here I think I'll quickly say this. Now tell me that I don't forget. What this would mean is that if we've seen that what materialism is, isn't about having too much money. Amen. But about believing that your worth is on the amount of money you have. That would mean 
that a lot of churches we used to call materialistic are actually not materialistic. Coming. Because at the end of the day, okay, let me let me give you let me give you an experience. So a while ago, I was going through my Instagram. While I was going through my Instagram, I saw a, a post by um um Dunamis International, I think so, um, pa, um Dr. Paul Nietzsche. Dr. Paul Nietzsche, and it was about a ministry work that he just started in Pakistan. Or is that Pakistan or Afghanistan? And at that point in time, I stopped and I asked myself a very honest, simple question. I said Someone that starts a work in Pakistan or Afghanistan, I said, what kind of money is he trying to make? Why is that a work in Pakistan? Let me tell you all the, all the things that can go wrong. Your entire church can end in one day. It's just a bombing or a terrorist attack. That's all. And in fact, you're, under, you're always under the radar as a, as a church. Do you understand my point? So it's, a, it's actually very likely. That's number one. Number two, when you're, play, when you're, um, you're planting a work there, there's nothing you stand to gain from a country that is constantly under war. You can only give to them. Are you with me? So every visit you are going, you are going to, you are giving to them, you have nothing to take. Do you understand my point? Even if you are going back with something, you are going back with refugees that want to run away. Yes! Are you with me? There is nothing you stand to gain in a place like that. So tell me how you can call someone like that materialistic. At the end of the day, eh, we might, it might just be that we are bitter because those people have money. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Of a truth, I'm not going to argue about the fact that maybe they can be better at how they make people give. True. But what would have made us call them materialistic would have been if after they make collect the money, they don't use it for the gospel. Are you with me? Are you with me? But when you see somebody who is churning out that amount of money for the gospel, he builds an auditorium, a hundred thousand capacity auditorium closed enclosed, 100,000 capacity, enclosed, builds it so that people can come together to worship, to listen to God's word. And they are constantly having, have you seen, I just knew about Dr. Polinich's healing, healing ministry, God, God, Jesus. And you see something like that, and you have the mouth to say that is my, ah. hmm. Amen? Amen. Let's fear God. Let's fear God. Hallelujah. Just as a while ago, I saw RCCG too. I saw a um, camp, a, a refugee camp that they created in Bono states. And I'm not talking of small camp. I'm talking of a camp. If you see the size of that camp in Bono states, I said, what if a bomb is thrown here? And it's not just that, like, just create a camp and they neglected them. I'm talking of, there is a con- constant supply of food, of materials. There are people, RCCG members that fly all the way to come there, just uh, talk to these people, preach to them. I think they even have a school there for smoke, for children, etc., etc. Imagine people doing all of those, and we dare to open our mouths. I say such a person is materialistic. Ah. Ah. You know, you, you know what even beats me, first of all? Do you know what it takes to have a heart to want to do something like that? That you see something like that, and you believe you can do something about it. And not just do you believe you can do something about it, you actually decide to do something about it. Don't let me lie to you. Eh? If some of us had that money, we wouldn't do it. Not because we might not even want to, but because we don't have the boldness to do it. Do you know the boldness it takes you to do things like that? Do you know the boldness it takes you to start a church in a different country? Ha! 
Do you know the takes you to start a church in a village? Why you start a church in a village? What kind of tithes are you expecting from there? You know, those things used to move me then. Then we'll go for missions and you'll go to a village and then you see RCCG. And then you want to kill it, so what they be buying? How do you get here? Are we together? Now, if you say it's about being materialistic, which tithes can they want to give in a village like Osi Soko that we went to? What tithes don't give in Osi Soko? Give me the name. Are we together? So maybe, maybe our ideology of materialism has been wrong for so long. Maybe we've always been wrong. Hallelujah. Maybe our issue is that we have, maybe our issue is that we've not trained our own people to give well. So we have issues when we see people who are giving. We are bitter, but we cover it with scriptures. Amen. I need to sit down and actually figure out there's something people are doing right that we are not getting yet. Amen? Mm. It's that simple. It's that simple. See, mm. you see, the work of God is the work of God. And the body of Christ is the body of Christ. And throughout every generation, the truth is this, whether you like it or not, God is using some men. You might not like them. You know, I remember a while ago, I was praying and whether I was praying or I was meditating, I can't remember. And a particular phrase came to my mind. And it was that the only person's... Ah, oh, Spirit of God. The only opinion that matters as regards a man's call is God's opinion. Not even the man or the people who don't believe in him. When it comes to whether or not God has called a man, the person that determines whether a man is called or not is God. Not even the man. Do you know a man can, cannot be... It's possible that a man does not believe in his call, but yet he's called. Are we together? Whether you like him or not, it doesn't change the fact that God called him. And even if the man does not believe that he is called, God called him. Are you with me? So the only opinion that matters when a man is called is God's opinion. Does that make sense? Exactly. So now you need to reckon. See, and that's why be honest with yourself. Eh? When you, are, when you, even if you don't agree with some people, but you cannot change the fact that God is doing something there. There has to be something that they are doing right. They might not get everything right. Too. Are we together? But there has to be something they are doing right for God to be working through them. Wisdom is for you to learn it. Do you understand? Exactly. Wisdom is for you to sit down and learn it. See, these are the things eh, that will make us do what folks before us have done and better. Do you understand? God forbid that their labors will be in waste. They will not have to start all over again from scratch because we have to learn by experience what we could have learned by wisdom. Are you with me? We can pick up from where they stopped. Imagine if you understood the mindset behind what the generosity of our citizens could have had. Aside from the fact that it's just the grace of God upon his life, what the kind of boldness and audacity a man has to want to plant churches in every... Do you know, do you know that do you know this stuff passes the message across that we are here? Do you realize? It passes the message across that Christianity is here to stay. Do you realize that everywhere you are, you just know that wherever I am, I'm going to say I'm a redeemed church. Forget, I'm going, to, I'm going to say redeem, I'm going to say winners. Wherever I am, I sh- at least I'm sure of those two. Do you know that it passes a message across that we are here? Just that alone, we are here. And do you know the kind of audacity it takes you to do that? <laughs> Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Maybe there are some things we need to learn. Maybe we have to be humble enough to say, we know, we know a lot of things but there are some things that actually matter that we don't know. Let's learn it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Let's you know, calm down. 
Materialism is not that the man has money. And there's also now something I've now learned. I, I said it yesterday. It's as though folks who know the world don't give. Yes. I've seen it consistently. Because they know that it's not like if I do not give, God will, God will still keep blessing me. Folks who know the world don't give. And so, maybe there are some things we have to learn. Let me tell you something. Me, this, now, this doesn't have to work for everybody, but me personally. Eh, if I do start a church, eh, right, people are going to pay tight. And I'll tell you why. If it is a problem in a church, if, paying, if giving 10% of your income per month to God is a problem for you, eh, then you're not going. Are we together? Are we together? Now, of course, I mean, by all means, I'm not going to, of course, I'm going to teach it and explain that whether or not you give or not, whether you give or not, to be honest, there's nothing that's going to happen to you. Are you with me? God is going to bless you nonetheless. There's no problem. Are you with me? However, part of training, just as we have training for the word, we have schedule for teaching the word, schedule for prayer, schedule, we have Holy Ghost meetings, do you understand my points? So on and so forth, evangelism. We would also have training for giving. Are we together? Is part of the training. Just as I showed you yesterday, Jesus stood beside the offering bag and he was looking at how much people were giving and he used that to dictate their spiritual health. So, a, a way I can know that my church is, if my church is growing in everything else, but they are not growing in giving, are we together? There's a problem as a pastor. Are we together? Yes. That's it. So, it's, almost, it's also something that you must be willing to check. Everybody must give at least 10%. Of course, I can't say a particular amount because our earning power is different. But and it's at least 10%. Because there are people that even if they pay 20%, it will move them. Are you with me? At least 10%. Everybody. And this is also the reason, I've, I think I've said this to our guys before, that whether or not these people are giving for the right reason or the wrong reason, they are giving. And the truth is this, when there's resources for the work, there are more things you can do. That's why it seems as though those people are doing more. Because the truth is this, there are resources. And you, with all the Greek and Hebrew you know, there's no resource for you. Even the church you have, you are hardly sustaining it. You don't have enough to, you know, say you want to stretch the work to a different location or to a, to a bigger place. You understand my point? Or you want to reach more people. Are you with me? So, you, you, are, you are claiming you know the word, yet your results is opposite the word. Are you with me, guys? This is how to think. So, you can, you can look at it and say, okay, these are the things they are doing right. These are the things I, 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 I am doing wrong, or I might be doing wrong. Let me analyze it. Let me look at what scripture says. Oh, this is actually it. Do you get me? Just sit down and think. So, there are actually, and at the end of the day, you now realize that we are probably the ones that are now making people materialistic. How? Because now, we make people believe that, see, how much, you, you say things like, you then say, givers never lack. You say, that's a lie. Givers can lack. When you give, what happens? The money with you reduces. So what? So if you give, you can lack now. So now, unconsciously, we begin to give people the ideology that you have based on your capability. That how much you work determines how much you have. And how wise you are determines how much you have. Are we together? So people now begin to see their sufficiency based on their capability. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Before you know it, you begin to have people who are more concerned about amassing more. That's why they are not giving. Because now they are concerned about the more I have, the more. Before, we used to have believers that the reason why they are giving constantly. Because let me tell you something. Anybody that gives constantly, I can tell you one thing for sure. They believe in God's sufficiency. That's the only way you can give constantly. Because there are going to be times when you won't have so much. There are some times when you have a lot, and so you can give easily. There are times when you don't have so much. Anybody who gives constantly eh, believes in God's sufficiency to provide. And because we used to have people who believe that, even though it was wrong, they believe that as they are giving, God is giving them back. 
So they have no they have no problem with giving. Do you get? But now we, we collected the mindsets, but we did not tell them the new thing. We did not tell them the real thing. Just my point. We we just said stop giving so God will meet your needs. We didn't teach them that. However, you should still keep giving, all right, because of sufficiency, not so that God will provide. Are you with me? So this the idea is this: you are giving because you know that God will meet your needs, not so that God will meet your needs. Do you understand my point? Are you with me? So you're giving now, you should even be more safe. Because you don't know that God will meet your needs anyway. Does that make sense, guys? Exactly. And as I was saying it yesterday, that the way to correct false doctrine is not by pointing out what is wrong, it's by teaching the truth. And that's what, just as I said yesterday, you must also make sure, make sure that as you are correcting people, as a, as, a, as a teacher of the word, you must be concerned about their lives. Not about you pointing out what is wrong. Because if you just point out what is wrong, it is only when you are concerned about their health, their spiritual health, that you are concerned about the fact that, hey, what I want to teach them, is it going to make them keep giving? Are you with me? How can I teach it such that they won't lose the most important thing? When you begin to think that way, it will affect the kind of things you will see. Are you with me? Do you understand? Exactly. 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 You see, that was one of the major things I wanted to teach. How that we have been wrong for a very long time about this idea of materialism. We have been wrong. Amen? Amen. Materialism is not fundamental. So, that a man can be wrong in how he... Plus, do you know, do you know that someone was saying something that as I went most of these fathers of faith, as I went they joined, as I went they took up the work of ministry, there was nothing elegant about ministry. But talking of a man who was a senior lecturer in Unilag, in the days when education was education, by the way, in those days, do you know what it means to be a lecturer? You are not who that is riding the best of cars. That's the truth, as a lecturer then. Are you with me? This man was on his way to being the youngest VC in Africa. And then he leaves it, and then he goes into a bush because God called him. See, mind the things you see. Mind the things. The best of us probably cannot make that commitment. Mind the things you see. Are you with me? Exactly. Mind the things you see. Mind the things you see. <laughs> Mind the things you see. Where is it, Dr. Lukoya? You, 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 you realize how intelligent that man is? And the funny thing is how, when you look at it, all of them are actually very intelligent, including Bishop David Oedeko. I think he's studied architecture in school. Actually, based on what I know, he's a genius at architecture as well. Just imagine. And all these people left all of this for the work of ministry. So, and they, and they joined, I don't forget what I said, they started ministry when there was nothing profitable about ministry. All their mates were traveling, and in those days, it was very easy to travel outside the country. Because, I mean, we're still under colonization then. Do you understand? So, traveling out was not a problem. Or even just shortly after colonization. So, it was a problem. Going to the UK was really not much of an issue. In fact, as I, I know that they itself, a lot of them didn't need visas. They didn't need um, visas to travel. Because it was basically like a British colony. Nigeria was a British colony then. So, we didn't. so I'm trying to let you know that it would have been easier to travel then. It's having easier to just travel out there and do stuff. But they stayed back because of the work of ministry. Entered bush and started things there. And then now, ha, ah, oh God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> hey, God. This is well. That's what I mean. We are still young, sir. Hallelujah. Thank, thank God 
We've noted these errors recently. Remember when I was when I was talking to my friend about this and I was explaining st- stuff like this to her. The only thing she said, she said, she said, thank God we need this. She said, thank God you you learned it very early. I'm imagining there are some things that I'm imagining if I learned these things after maybe I'd started like maybe a church or something. Ha! <sighs> to be terrible. Not like to be terrible. Of course, I will learn it, but it's better to learn it. It's better to know it now. Amen. It's better to know it now. Glory to Jesus. Amen. You know, it's interesting that what the early church was ready to lose for the gospel is what today people are trying to use the gospel to get. Are you together? In those days, Acts 2, after they were saved, what happened? They were ready to give all to the church. Sold their land, everything to the church and everything. Although there's an historical background to why they did that, but I don't want to go into that. Acts 4, 2, the same thing. Are we together? Hebrews 10 even said that they were ready, rejoiced, to, they, they received the spoiling of their goods. Are we together? Yet today, that's, you know, that's what the church now we are now praying for. That's what we use the gospel for now. You say, my father, my father. You say, every helper of my destiny, wherever they may be, they will not know peace until they locate me now. And we pray, imagine praying so that people will not know peace. On that what continent does that prayer make sense? They will not know peace until they locate you. What if your helper is your husband? And then you want high blood pressure. Call your prayer points. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So please have that mindset. Okay? Have that mindset that it's, 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 not, it's not all about money. And also that don't be so quick. So that means materializing cannot be judged just by what is done or by what you see. Hallelujah. Materializing is a function of the heart. Really. Don't be quick to say people are materialistic. Are you together? Don't be quick to say it. Amen? Don't be quick to say it. Calm down. And you see, let me also say this about materialism. That materialism is a way of thinking. It's a mindset. It's a pattern of life. It's a way, it's a way of interpreting scriptures. You know, the, see, and this is why materialism is terrible. Materialism, it blinds you. I don't know if you saw that my, t- that my tweet. It chokes your mind. It chokes your mind. It blinds you from proper meditation. You begin to see everything in a particular way. So, you begin to see Ephesians 1.3 as material blessing. A young one that says, blessed with the God and Father of Jesus Christ, who blesses us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You will now look at that spiritual blessing. You now say, it's spiritual blessings, just that, but they can, they, can, they can be metamorphosed into natural things in life. You see, because the spiritual controls the natural. Just that, so if you are blessed in the spirit, you can also be blessed in the natural. Just that, so you can draw out those blessings from the spirit and let them appear in the natural. And then you hear the church. So, woo, woo, woo. And you keep, and see, when, once you hear, you see, there are things that keyboards do to people that they don't realize. Once you are hearing keyboard, your brain is going. You know, I'm telling you. See, there are some things that we go easily when there's keyboard playing. Easily. People will not sing. They are, they are in cloud nine. They think it's the angels singing in their ears. That's it. That's the and once you add small tongues inside it, shaka by akaba hearties. As well. They are gone. People think I don't know how to do it. I'm doing it too now. Just, uh, yeah. Share you know things that are easier than teaching Bible. Do you know? Ah, to talk like that with keyboard under, is sweet, guys. And they are not making mouth, but I get this thing from out. I go do them. Forget. But trust me, this, this one I'm doing is harder. 
Because by the time you are done with your keyboard and everything, by the time you ask them, what did he say? Ah, it was powerful. He said, how was it? Ah, ah. It was an encounter. So it was a spiritual encounter. Every kiss hurts. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Okay. I was going to say something now. So I was saying that it's, it's a mindset of thinking. It's a way people see things, all right? Um, 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 um. It's just like the way some people say that, you know, you're serving God, then you don't say, God will reward you for your service. And they believe that the reward of God is that he'll give you a car. He'll give you a husband. He'll give you a fine house. I don't know. It's like, don't you read Bible? Okay. If that is really what a reward is, please, what was Stephen's reward? For all the faithfulness of God, all the faithfulness that he did in church, what was his reward? What was Paul's reward? Prison to prison. Share your your reward. What was James' reward? James, James that was killed, Acts 12. What? That was his reward, Abby. Or John the Beloved that was banished to the island of Patmos. And after he was released from exile, he was later martyred. What was his reward? But that's the thing about materialism. Materialism will not make you think. Because literally, you don't even need to do deep Bible interpretation to know that. Just by reading through the, the Acts of the Apostles, you can already tell that reward for ministry cannot be anything natural. Are we together? It's simple. But that's the thing. Materialism will always make you turn everything into money. Everything will turn into money. God is not um, slack to reward your labor of love. It is money. It is just, yeah, yeah, reward. Ah, it's money. I receive my reward. Tell your neighbor, say, I receive my reward. Say, I receive, I receive. My reward, my reward. That's it. That's what we are saying. And whereas, Bible clearly tells you what the reward for the work of ministry is. Look at 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. Paul was speaking here. He says, I have finished, I have finished my um, course. I've, uh, what did he say? He said, I've fought the good fight of faith, right? I've, I've, what? I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. The one he now says in verse 8, he says, that's where there is laid up for me a word, crown of righteousness. Hallelujah. Crown of righteousness. And let's now have a better understanding of what the crown of righteousness is. Go to 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 19. 1 Thessalonians 2, 19. 1 Thessalonians 2, 19. Are you there? Are you there? What does it say? For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? What is it? And not even ye in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Thank you. So, the joy or the crown of a minister of the gospel are the men. Now, they won't like to hear this because it doesn't sound like something that brings money to your pockets. Because here's the thing, even in our understanding of spiritual things, we are materialistic. We like crown. So we want to wear crown. So I used to wonder, when I was young, I used to wonder, crown of rejoicing, crown of joy, crown, ha, on one need. How would I wear crown? Then you now say, no people that you saved is not what stars on your crown. I used to wonder, someone like that you drew. You don't be having crown. Just like, you don't be having star. Like, is it? She will not be having a dick. I used to just wonder then. I used to get that. But you see, the crown are the men. Hallelujah. The crown is the fact that you see the men that you raised. Ah, you look at them, you say, ah, yes, I live what? Are you with me? That like you brought one man to the go. See, that's, that's what we are doing it for. Don't let me lie to you. That's all. Amen. Is the men. There's nothing else. Is the main what well, the, the, the reward for ministry is the is is the 
accomplishments you feel in the fact that lives are blessed. That's it. There's nothing else. Because see, for me, they might not. You might you might be fortunate. Let me say fortunate. You might have a, um, a church that has a lot of folks that are very um, wealthy, and then they get you cars, so on and so forth. That's not the reward for ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. That's honor for the man of God. Are we together? The reward for the work of ministry is the lives that are blessed. That's it. Amen. That's it. So they are thinking, say, say, for the work you've done, ah, God sees it. God will reward you. And you should not think about the fine card the next day. Or then, maybe the next day, you actually get a testimony. You now link it to the prayer they prayed yesterday. No, you don't have to do that. God blessed you. There's no problem. Are you with me? God met your need. There's no problem. God didn't need you to work for him for him to meet your needs. I don't need to do something for my dad, for my dad to bless me. He's my dad. Are you together? He has the responsibility. Amen? And that's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 6, where he says that, take no thoughts what you shall eat or what you shall drink. And then he now says, seek ye first in verse 3. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and the righteousness. All right? And all these things shall be added unto you. And people get that place wrong. First of all, if you seek the kingdom of God for the things that can be added to you, you were never seeking the kingdom. You were seeking the things indirectly. Are we together? That's my one. Number two, it says that these things will the Gentiles seek. And they have them. Are we together? So it lets you know that getting these things is not about whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. Even Gentiles who don't seek the kingdom have them. Are you with me? So you don't need to seek the kingdom to have it. Whether or not you seek the kingdom, you are going to have it because God is your father. But however, let your priority be on the kingdom of God and righteousness. All these things, he will do them for you. It's not about whether you seek the kingdom or not. How do you know? Gentiles don't seek the kingdom, yet they seek these things and have them. Do you understand? Exactly. Do you get me? It doesn't make any sense if Gentiles, in that case, let me just go not seek the kingdom. Since the Gentiles also that don't seek the kingdom, they are having it. Do you understand my point? But let me see that, see, seek the kingdom for the kingdom's sake. Whether or not you are actually seeking these things, they will be added to you. Because your father knows that you need them. He's going to provide for you. Are you with me? Yes, That's the mindset. That's it. Choose to trust. Don't now be doing things because you want to you want to move the hand of God. You know, you give God that offering that will shake his hand. That when God sees it, you stand up. You know, you say, you say, you say, how do you say, 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 there's a praise that you give God, you know, he's shaking his head. Then you give him some praise, he begins to move his leg. Then as a as a point you praise him, you just stand up. And when God stands up, when God stands up, I don't know. I don't know where we got all this funny. Hey God, and that's the thing. This thing I'm saying now, it looks like as though I'm debunking something, but I'm, it's not supposed to be debunking. Like it's not even the Bible. Just that, like that's the thing. Like you look at what I'm saying now. I'm dropping some very hot stakes. I'm not even dropping any hot stake. Like I'm even just saying what's in the Bible. God help us. Hallelujah. And this is something I must now say now. Now instructions to ministers concerning materialism. You see, one of the things you must recognize as a minister of the gospel is that when people learn from you, they do not just learn doctrine, they learn a way of life. They learn how to conduct their lives from you. And also, when Paul was speaking to Timothy, he said that in 2 Timothy 3, from verse 10 to 11, he says that you are fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my persecutions, my afflictions, my joy, you know, etc., etc., up to verse 11, right? And so he's saying, alongside the doctrine you learned, you have also fully known my manner of life. My persecutions, my joy, my afflictions, etc., etc. 
Are you together? So everything I'm learning from you is not just doctrine you're learning from you, you're learning lifestyle too from you. Are we together? And this is one of the reasons why, as a means of the gospel, you have to be exemplary. It's extreme, extremely important. Sometimes the reason I let me say this, sometimes the reason I work, of course, I'm very of course, I want to be able to afford the good things of life. Do you understand? I want to have a car, I want to, you know, look good and stuff like that. It's also because I want to prove it to you that ministry doesn't have to be an excuse for you to be like a dicycle in your career. Are you with me? At least maybe until God says, um, you know, God says, <laughs> don't let me say that. Let's just move. Let's <laughs> just move on. Let's not, let's not, you know, call evil things to ourselves. So, <laughs> you know, but it's just for you to see that it is possible. Are you with me? It's possible. You can have an excellent career. Of course, not because I know. I mean, it's not like I have it figured out in my career. But that's the reason why I strive for excellence. Do you understand? And that's why every minister of the gospel should strive for excellence as well. You want to prove to people that it is possible to. I know Paul was speaking in Acts chapter 20, I think verse 33. Acts 20. Acts 20 and verse. Oh, I don't have it here. I don't have it here. Is it 33? Paul was saying that you know that these hands have labored. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or silver or gold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you very much. Acts 20, Acts 20, 33 to 34, Abby. Exactly. So, it's, it, it, the point, you know, he, he was making his boast in the fact that I've not converted your silver. You see, there's nothing as beautiful as the minister of the gospel. And that's one of the things I told myself. Eh? I will never be moved by what, any, what anybody has. Hallelujah. And of course, it's not like the reason for it is whether you have money or whether you don't have money. Even if you don't have money, you'll never be moved. But, you are, you are less likely to be moved if you are doing well for yourself. Are you with me? That even on your own gone, you deal right. Do you understand? No, you, there's nobody in your church. That, that, you know, there are some places where you cannot correct some people because if you correct them, the tithe will feel it. You know, such terrible behavior. So because your pastor corrected you, you don't pay tithe. You think you're punishing your pastor. Stupid people. Very stupid. That's the that thing now. Just leave. Me, you are the one. I say leave. Leave my church. There's no problem. There are other churches that are. Other churches in different places, please go. Well, before you even get to that, you can't even do something like that in my church, to be honest. Like, you can't do it. I, I won't even know. <laughs> Quite frankly, I won't even know. But, like, you can't even do it. Do you uh, look at the person you're talking to? No mouth of all. Do No, don't. Uh, it's not here. Are we together? Work with your hands. And look at what he says. He says, with, Do you know, this is the thing. In First Corinthians 9, what Paul was even saying in First Corinthians 9 is, we are entitled to these things, but we decided not to take it. Are we together? As a young minister, your, your, your focus or your priority during the administration should not be the honorarium. You are a young minister. They are inviting you, asking them, how much, how much will you be giving for honorarium? What are you looking for there? You, where, you, at this level, you are at a level where, in fact, if they give you, you should be asking God, should I take it or should I not take it? Amen? Yes. It's not in those days that it's not it's not written there. It's in those days that they used to that they used to reject from the realm. No, it's still there till today. Hallelujah. They invite you for a particular administration. You know, hear the voice of the Lord. God is saying, Don't take it. Say, I'm sorry, I can't take it. And the reason you can do that is because normally when you even, you have enough money to come, you even if you have to travel for the meeting, you had money to travel down. You even have money to book your hotel if you want to stay in an hotel. Do you understand me? You have money to take care of yourself for the night. You have money to go back. Are you with me? There are some things 
Trust me, there are some temptations that some things are temptations under certain conditions. <laughs> Let me say it again. Some things are temptations under ah oh forget. Ah, no, give me podium, my big. I won't preach. I won't preach. All right. So there are some so at the end of the day, oftentimes what determines what whether I think is a temptation or not, oftentimes is the surrounding conditions. See me umbo utterance me umbo. But what I'm trying to say basically is if you this is condition again, no good. If you had money, some things will be temptations. Are you with me? Soon be. If God tells you, drop the money. Okay. Do you get okay? No problem. All right. Of course, there's there are some other kind of money too that will be temptations, though. Do you understand? But it soon be some basic things. Are you with me? Soon be. One of the well, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm I'm sure that she most likely will not like me saying this, but I'll say it. One thing I learned from my mom for like the first, I think, three years of her church, she never took one naira from the church. Never, never. At, at some point, it didn't make any sense to me. Like it doesn't make any sense if you took money from the church. And like I'm talking about the church where they pay tithes, they pay offering. And normally you always hear that the tithe is for the pastor, Jesus, and stuff like that. Never for once. Never. Even, even till now, self, I think she, the only things that now that she takes are like gifts that they give her. Do you understand? My point? So I think they figured it out, and so they now start giving her gifts. Do you understand that kind of thing? Money she gives, and I know they say most of the time those kind of money is you still pack it back inside the church. <laughs> Do you understand? But and and somehow I just learned that from her. I just learned that from her. A lot of times, if you invite me or something, I just tell you, don't worry. Just sometimes I just say to you, you know what? If I'm going to stay overnight, maybe just cover. Like my accommodation, my feeding, something like that. That's it. Yeah. It's a way to train yourself. Do you understand? Don't be looking forward, anticipating the honorarium. You already calculated all the things you'll do with it. It's <laughs> 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 terrible. Are we together? And so, as a minister, right, this is even where I wanted to go. So, as a minister, therefore, I said, um, people learn not just the things you say, but the things you also don't say. You see, people learn about everything. This was. As a minister, everything you do, people learn from it, right? Including the kind of emphasis you make. Now, let me say something now. You see, in a church where the pastor, the kind of testimonies you're always talking about, eh, are money testimonies. Not because that's not what is happening. It's actually happening. But in a church where you're always talking about that more, your congregation will naturally be seated towards, towards that kind of miracles. Are you with me? That's something to learn. So, even though, I mean... Just like I said before, we are going to have after this meeting, we're going to have people who would have, you know, you know, um, um, consist, um, consistently they will see miracles of provision in their lives. Are we together? However, what I will not do is now come here and continue to speak about money testimonies over and over. Are you with me? As a pastor or as a disciple or as a teacher, there are some things I must put more emphasis on. Are you with me? As I was telling you yesterday. Teaching the, the, doctrines, um, the doctrine of the apostles is not just teaching what they taught, but teaching it the way they taught it. There are some things that were more emphatic than some other things. Are we together? Yes. Exactly. So, even as a pastor or as a listener, there are some miracles that will emphasize more than some other miracles. Not because those other miracles are not happening, but because there is one I want you to pay attention to the more. Are you with me? Exactly. The miracles we give, the kind of examples I give, etc., etc. I always caution myself. I always make sure... If I notice that I'm giving a lot of examples about money, I stop. I stop. Those are important things to note. What are the kind of testimonies that we are sharing? You see people come to, two people come to church now, they share a testimony. Somebody comes and says, um, you know, I want to thank God. Um, just yesterday, 
my father gave his life to Christ. You know, you say, Hallelujah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, what's the real testimony? Do you understand? Eh? Do you get me? There's someone who comes and says, Praise the Lord. Say, Hallelujah. Say, I just won a contract of 20 million naira. They will not say, Please, your, um, they say, before the they say, Please, your testimony, 30 seconds. What has the Lord done? By the time when you hear 20 million, in fact, by the time you're singing, I want to sing a Bamira Baba. In fact, it's the person that said 30 seconds, I'll say, Choir, please join now. Choir, please join now. Please join now. Are we together? It shows, it shows you, you know, the way it is. What, what are the miracles you talk about? And that's the reason why now we have believers who do all manner of things. So now you have people. We don't, even, we don't even verify miracles anymore. Now, this is a balance to what I was saying yesterday about being too critical about testimonies. But at the same time, there's testimonies that we have to look up. You say somebody just called you to come and pick up 50 million and all of a sudden somewhere. <laughs> you, know, you know now you're saying, oh, because we're talking about it here. Sure, you know it's on places. If what the person said now, they say, ah, it's a testimony. And someone just called, they say, I just woke up that morning. You know, I thought I was even sweeping. I was just sweeping and I was listening to our pastor's sermon. As I was not, as I was not sweeping, ah, the phone was ringing. I was not wondering that who is this person because I was not expecting call. I shall, I shall say I should pick it. It's even by the grace of where I picked the call because normally gone, I'm not picking it. I shall pick it. The person just said hello. Is this Yatino? I said, I said yes. I said yes. said yes. And <laughs> you put up already know me. <laughs> you know, I say hallelujah. And well, I should just committed the crime. I committed the crime. And the testimony that we must check. Wait. Wait. You built the house. Your salary is 200k per month. How? Amen? How? So the music we the pastor is supposed to call you. Come. Sit down. Come and explain it. Are you with me? Elaborate. We thank God. We, I don't say it's not God that did it, or God cannot do it. But elaborate. Are you with me? That's it. Amen? Yeah. I didn't even I didn't know anybody in the office. I didn't know anything. God just did this. Do you really not know anybody in the office? Eh? I want to thank God for my admission, but it's a special center. <laughs> I just broke that table. <laughs> you cannot do anything to me. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And so, because I want to ask people a simple question now, right now. Tell, tell yourself the honest facts. Don't lie. And if I don't need you to give me the answer. If you are walking on the road right now and you saw 15 million naira in Ghana, Moscow, what would you do? Don't lie. Don't say anything. Don't bother. Do you realize that? Do you realize that now is a problem to answer that question? Do, do, do you realize it's a problem? Like, what do you realize? That's a crime. 
to let you realize this is how bad it has gotten. Yes. Hey, you see it now. Ah, yes. Because some of you are like, ah, that can be the blessing of God now. How? Money that you don't know from anywhere. It just appears in front of you. You see it's the blessing of God. Ha! And it never occurs to you to even cross check. Okay, let me say it's the blessing of God. Okay. Let's even cross check. Then anybody drop it. Then anybody say, ah, if you can do it, maybe someone else will not look at it and not carry it and go. My blessing must not miss me or something like that. Can you see? Amen? Amen. So I'm trying to let you see how deep this thing has beaten. Deep. Glory to Jesus. Oh, come on. Time is gone. I'm just going to jump this. Whew. Okay, I'm just going to I'm just going to end this um this thing here. Trust in God to meet your needs. Trust in God to meet your needs. The Bible says in Philippians chapter four verse nineteen, it says, "And my God shall supply all your needs and according to your riches, according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus." And I've heard people, and and the problem here is that people think this is a prayer point. Is it a prayer point? Paul was actually speaking to them. Just the verses before, he was commending them for the things that they had given to him. Do you understand? And then he now says, he didn't say, and I pray. Look at, look at it very well. He said, and my God shall supply your needs according to riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And he didn't even say amen after. So it's a statement of facts. He wanted them to walk with that consciousness. Meaning he wanted them to have that consciousness that they were giving. Like that, conscious, that consciousness of sufficiency that see, as you give, always have this at the back of your mind that my God shall supply your needs. Are we together? Say, my God, my God shall, supply shall supply my needs. Need. Hallelujah. See, I want you to walk with that mindset. My needs are always met. That mindset of sufficiency. I am never stranded. Let it sit in your mind. Don't just let it be something that you say. Let it sit down there. There is no project before me that I do not have resources to handle. Are, you, are we together? It's either I have the money or I have the right people. They will come. Except we are not ready to start. But once I set my mind to start something, by the power of the Holy Ghost, everything needed shows forth. Hallelujah. That's the mindset to have. You know, it's not that you won't plan. So it's a balance. Just like yesterday, I was talking about you plan, just that you strategize, so on and so forth. Are you together? But at the end of the day, you reckon that I'm still going by the power of the, by the, power of the Spirit or by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That's the mindset to have. You plan, you know, you do this, you do that. You work, work hard. You know, strategize. Take the necessary courses, the necessary classes, etc., etc. But you reckon that I'm a man of the Holy Ghost. I'm a man of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Things happen for me. They don't happen to me. Hallelujah. I may not understand how or why it's happening this way, but it's happening for me. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I'm never stranded. I'm never confused. You know, in 3 John and verse 2, John was speaking there, the Apostle John, and he said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And I've heard people say that the prosper that I was referring to there is a spiritual prospering, you know, prospering in the world or something like that. And it just shows people trying to be unnecessarily, unnecessarily critical, to be honest. Because it says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospered. So, in that place, there are two types of prosper. Alright? There is the soul prospering and there is you prospering. Right? And then it says, even as. So it's letting you know that it's, these two prospering are not the same. Do you understand? That just as your soul is prospering, I also want that this would also prosper. That's my one. Number two is that it says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. So it makes you know that it's something about your well-being. Are you with me? I want you to prosper financially and I want you to be in, to have good health just as your soul is prospering. Does that make sense, guys? Exactly. Exactly. Alright? So, it's 
God wants you to prosper. Amen? Amen. Say, God, God wants me, wants me to, prosper. to prosper. And that's the mindset I have. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So always have a mindset that God always wants to meet your needs. You know, I've heard people give funny, funny um, arguments like, well, you know, Jesus did not amass wealth on the earth. Jesus did not have money on the earth. You know, so why are we telling believers to prosper, you know, etc., etc.? And I believe that's a very dubious perspective. First of all, they're talking to Jesus who actually had a financial secretary. Judas. Oh, you don't know. Do you realize that Judas was, in fact, when they put it in the scriptures, he was in charge of the purse or in charge of the treasury? Are you together? That's my one. Number two, you're talking to a man, or talking about a man who turned water to wine at will. He turned water to wine at will. He turned, he made followers of fathers of bread and two fish enough for 5,000 men to, alongside aside children and women. Made followers of bread and two fish, oh, sorry, seven loaves of bread and two fish enough for 4,000 people, 4,000 men. Assize children and women. And you are not saying why is he not carrying money? <laughs> he was asked to pay tax. He told someone to go and open the mouth of a fish and they brought out tax. And you are still asking why he is not carrying money around. Are you sure you don't need a checkup? <laughs> are you with me? I know there's even something more interesting to, to figure out. Look at what look at what happened. In um, Matthew 16 from verse 6 to 12. Matthew 6, 6 to 12. So Jesus had just finished um, this thing now. He had just finished having a conversation with the Pharisees. With the, with, um, with the Pharisees. He had just finished having a conversation with the Pharisees. Matthew 16, 6 to 12. And then as he was going, he says something to his disciples. He says, Beware of the living of the Pharisees. I together. And then in their mind, they thought because they had forgotten to take bread. That the living there was talking about, actually, was talking about bread or something. And then Jesus turned around and he said something profound, absolutely profound. He said, Have you not learned anything? He said, Have you not learned from the miracles of the bread and the fish of the 5,000? Or the bread and the fish of the 7,000? He said, How is it then that you still think within yourselves that that's what I'm talking about? And then he explained that the living that he was talking about was about the doctrine. Okay, he didn't explain this, but then he understood. He was talking about the doctrine of the Pharisees. But you need to understand what Jesus just did there. Just that means Jesus was trying to say that what I did, I can do it again. Are you with me? He's trying to let them know, ah, I thought by now you would have understood that money is not a problem. Do you get me? That I thought by now it would have made sense to you that if I did it the first time, I could have thought it was a fluke or it was a mistake. I did it the second time. By doing it the second time, I made you realize some things. Number one, it is replicable. Number two, you have to expect it. And that's what I want you to live here. That's the mind I want you to live here with. That number one, you see the miracle of, um, the, the testimony of the miraculous supply, are we together? Or supernatural multiplication when it comes to resources. Number one, it is replicable. Hallelujah. Number two, you must expect it. In fact, do not expect you to go about ministry thinking that way. Hallelujah. There must be a mindset of abundance that the minister of the gospel goes about with. A mindset of abundance. If the work comes, the resources are there. I might not see it yet, but they are there. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That's the mindset to have. The resources are there. The resources follow the instruction. My pastor would always say something. He would say, go is the capital. The capital you need for the work is the instruction to go. Hallelujah. When you are sent to go, 
All you need for the work is in that instruction to go. The ability to do is in that instruction. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, he said, have you not learned? Have you forgotten so soon? That's the mindset though. That's it. So, that mean, he wasn't just doing the miracle just to meet needs. He was doing the miracle to show them something. Are you with me? To show them something. And something important about how he did that miracle. Ah, Master Flina, Marco Priate, Susto, Fenegabiliata, Vanico, Priata, Gasta. It was very important the way he did the miracle. Two things, number one. You will notice that what he did for the bread and fish was that he gave thanks, number one. Even though it was little, he gave thanks. That's number one. Number two thing. When he gave thanks, the miracle didn't happen immediately. The miracle didn't happen until they began to share. Are we glad? Do you realize that they didn't even realize it was a miracle until they were done? And then there were now crumbs left that was up to baskets. Then, you know, you know like, what did we have before? What are we having now? In other words, in the work of ministry, when it comes to supply, you don't wait till it happens before you start. You get, you go. The supply comes along the way. You get it. Exactly. So, you know, because the way some of us would have loved to see that miracle is that as you just pray for the bread and fish, it's now swelling. It's swelling. It's a yay. It's swelling. Oh. It's swelling. Oh. We cannot carry it again. Oh. It's swelling. Oh. It's swelling. Oh. It's swelling. Oh. It's swelling. Oh. Yay! No. But they did not recognize that a miracle had happened until they were done sharing. By the time they were not done sharing, they now passed. They're like, where did this race come from? Hallelujah. That's the mindset to have with the work of ministry and resources. Hallelujah. The resources will show when we need. So, so imagine, imagine that Jesus did not say, Jesus also said that, ah, I know why you are bothered. Because when we did the miracle of the 5,000, we had at least five loaves of bread and two fish. When we did the 4,000, we had seven of bread and two fish. Now, there is no bread on ground, there is no fish on ground. And it does even be having maybe 10 loaves of bread, five fish in our hands. So, anytime there is a need for a miracle, right? It's just, but the mindset is this is that whenever we need it, the, even, the, even what is needed to start will show. Do you get it? Even, even if we didn't have what we could use to start before, the moment we are about to start, it will come forth. That's the mindset. Hallelujah. I'm never stranded. I'm never confused. Hallelujah. I'm always able. All I need, I have. That's the mindset we have. Oh. That's the mindset we have. In everything, in every project you want to undertake. Some of you, you might be a business or something you want to start. Maybe, you know, God has put it upon your heart to start something, to start something, to do something. And you're like, you know, I don't know where to start. I don't know. Now, plan, strategize, everything. But reckon something. I'm supernaturally helped. Hallelujah. I'm never without help. Hallelujah. I have all that I need. I'm never stranded. Hallelujah. I'm never without help. Listen to me. Listen to me. And I've always told you guys this before. See, for the sake of the work, Eh? There are blessings that will come around you for the sake of the work. Amen. Why did you think Egypt had food? Or why do you think Egypt suddenly, somehow, God showed the vision to the king of Egypt about how to preserve Egypt when there was a famine? It's simple. Because the Israelites had to be kept. Are we together? The line of the Messiah couldn't have ended. Are you with me? So somebody somewhere has to have so he can protect them. Do you understand me? That's why Joseph has to be prime minister. Joseph was not prime minister because there was anything special about Joseph. No. There was a goal in mind. Amen. Moses, eh, 
had the ability to turn to throw a rod on the ground and to turn to a snake. Not because there was anything special about him, but because he needed to perform miracles so that Pharaoh will listen. Do you get it? So there are miracles that come about not necessarily because of you or your preservation. It is tied to the work. Do you get exactly? It is tied to the work. So you must reckon that there are things that will come my way, blessings that will come my way because of the work that needs to be done. Do you get me? That's how to think. Ah, I mean, I'm never stranded. Though. I'm never stranded. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. If I stand before a wall, it will give way. Hallelujah. It's either I walk through the wall or the wall crumbles down or a way appears. One of the three. I wish I walk. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. If for any reason I have to change direction, it's because God wants me to go somewhere else. It's not because I hit a brick wall. It's not possible. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Crooked paths will be made straight in front of me. Water will come out of the rock. Ah, if it has happened before, it can happen again. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Manna can come from the sky. Ravens can bring forth food. Are you with me? See, don't say, ah, where will the money come from? Ah, you've not gotten it yet. Now, this is the thing also as well. Sometimes you waste your time figuring out the means. Don't waste your time on the means. What do you want? You say, okay, Sam, so we want to do a work of ministry. So now you're planning. Um, so just like, just like Thomas, right? Um, um, how can we feed these people? There are five loaves of bread and two fish. So Thomas, what are we going to do? He says, ah, even if we had a year worth of salary, we can't do anything. You, imagine him because he's a disciple. But the point of it is this. The problem is you are calculating. No. The question is what do we need? We need these people to be fed. That's all. Amen. That's it. Um, we're starting the work now. We need this. We want to buy this. We want to buy this. We want to do this. We want to do that. You are guessing this wrong. We need to start the work. Simple. Do you get my points? It doesn't now matter if we are the ones that use our money to buy the land or somebody buys it for us or it appears to us somehow or something. We will get it. Are you with me? That's the mindset to have. I want to start a business. Ah, I need to get this one. I need to buy this one. You are still getting this wrong. What do you need? You need to start a business. Are you with me? Do you understand me? You need to start a business. I'm never stranded. I'm never confused. I have all that I need. In the name of Jesus. I have all that I need. I'm supernaturally helped. In the name of Jesus. All that I need, I have. In the name of Jesus. I'm at the right place. At the right time. Speaking to the right people. Doing the right things. Oh, I'm favored. I'm the favored of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, some people think favor is something that happens mistakenly, all of a sudden. It just happens. But when you see favor in the life of some people, you can question that favor happens all of a sudden. Because how can... Okay, now you are Joseph. You are born. For no reason at all, your dad likes you. Let's even say it's because of Leah. No problem. Now you get into Potiphar's house. Nobody knows you here. But somehow, Potiphar likes you. Makes you the master of his slaves. For one reason or the other, you are thrown out of Potiphar's house. Put you in prison. Somehow, the warden likes you. Are we together? Now, that's, now you, you stand before Pharaoh. You interpret his dream. Now, that's, now, this is the craziest part that people don't pay attention to. Now, okay, you interpreted dream. Okay, fine. You can help us save green. What about interpreting dreams and saving, um, helping us save food is the reason we should make you prime minister of Egypt. 
Why can't you just make you some other official in the land? What about you? It's so special that the king look at, looks at you and says, except me, my wife, and me, you are the Lord above every other thing in Egypt. Forget. There's all the thing as favor. Are you with me? And compared to what people say, favor can be consistent. We can look at you and we'll see a consistent trail of evil. Hallelujah. But here's the thing that people oftentimes do not pay attention to. Eh? Oftentimes, favor is a consistent testimony of the diligence. Because one thing was consistent about Joseph in all of those places, it was diligence. Are we together? Do you realize that the point where, in fact, Joseph was sold, he actually was, he was, he was running an errand for his father. The point where his brother took him and sold him. He was on an errand for his father. The point where David stood before Goliath, pay attention, he was also on an errand for his father. Are you with me? And the only reason David could stand in front of... And that is something that we don't even realize often. We don't talk about. People think that was the first time Saul had met David. This is not. David had been playing for Saul before. Are we together? He knew him. He knew that there was something about this guy that is different. Are you with me, guys? Does that make sense? And now, he stands before Goliath, but because he has also been consistent with feeding the sheep and all, and he had fought lions before, he had fought bears, standing before Goliath now is not a problem. Listen, favor, even though it is supernatural, oftentimes, because you need to understand what favor really is. Favor eh, is just basically God, it's just basically men working for you. That's it. Because as I said before, money is the invention of men. The resources of the earth are for their, it is men that are in charge of it. What favor is really is not necessarily God favoring you, actually. It is men favoring you. Even if God is going to favor you, he's going to use men to favor you. Do you understand my point? Exactly. So when you can, for whatever reason, make men do things for you or make men do things in your direction, that's favor. Are you with me? So favor is not as esoteric as people make it seem. It is favor can be supernatural, it can happen once during supernaturally, but at the same time, it is a consistent pattern. For men that are diligent. Hallelujah. And in case you are among those folks who, you know, if you like to say funny things, say it was favor. Say, be materialistic. Bible says in Luke 2, verse 52, Jesus Christ gives you wisdom and his statue and in favor with both God and man. Better use your brain. If God on it has to go in favor, we are jarring. Amen. Jesus on the earth, grew in favor with both God and man. Use brain, no? Hallelujah. Praise God. Even the same thing was said about the church in Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. He says the church grew in favor among the people. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm a man of favor. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. People just like me for no reason. I've never seen, I've never people like that. You know, you just say, I just like the way you dress. You know, I just, I just, I just like how you talk. Ah, sir, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. There's someone who say, ah, you look familiar, like I've seen you before. Ah, you've seen me. <laughs> you don't just know you've seen me. You've seen me before. Hallelujah. You know, before you step out in the day, it takes some time to pray, to pray in tongues. Hallelujah. You get your body soaked. Why is it soaked? Not with sweat. Because you are just going out. Use your brain. You know, soak yourself. Hallelujah. With tongues. With the word. The Holy Ghost. You are full of it. Hallelujah. You enter that place. You, you see, favor, you expect favor. You just like, don't walk out. And that's the thing too. Like, walk, like you walk in. You don't walk in like uh, anything you do, you do. No, I'm not. I'm not the one here that is merciless. Are you together? I'm not at your mercy. Do you understand my point? I'm not um, going in to cry. No, I expect you to favor me as I'm walking in. Are you with me? That's how you walk as a man of God. Hallelujah! I'm a man full of favor. 
everywhere I go. I'm the favor of the Lord. I'm the favor of the Lord. Men favor me. Women favor me. Children favor me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm walking in favor. My needs are met. My bills are paid. In the name of Jesus. I have money. Money does not have me. I have all that I need. In the name of Jesus. I have resources for the work by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm never stranded. Oh, I'm never stranded. I'm never confused. In the name of Jesus. Every project I take up, I have all that I need for it. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I have all that I need by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Resources are coming from afar. They are coming from me. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm never stranded. Oh, I have all that I need. I have all that I need. I'm in the right place at the right time. Meeting the right people. Speaking to the right people. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Opportunities are around me. Everywhere I go. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Learn to talk like that. Ah, yeah, yeah. Learn to talk like that. Before me is an open door. Every single time. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm a man of favor. People just favor me. They are wired to favor me. They, they might never understand why exactly they want to favor me, but they favor me. Hallelujah. See, you need this. So, think about this. Why was it that Paul, you know, when you read the book of Acts, and you see how Paul was moving from prison to prison, you want to ask, why didn't they just kill you quickly? Why? See, there was an element of favor working there. Such that a king, a pagan king, for no reason at all, is not just ready to deliver you to the Jews. And he's a pagan king. Interestingly, the way the Bible puts it, he says that he wanted to see Paul coming again and again in case he might give him money. That thought does not make any sense to me because if you call someone the first time, the second time, the third time, and he doesn't give you money, you say, this one is not serious. Let them go and kill him. But somehow, for years, I think over two years, he kept calling on Paul over and over and preserved his life in prison. And that was where Paul was writing all his epistles from. And he kept him there, preserved his life. By the time he was going to leave, now here's the craziest part. So let's you know that it's not like this king really liked him. Bible says that because of the love that the king had for the Jews, or the respect he had for the Jews, he left him in prison. So it's not like he really liked Paul. But for whatever reason, he was not ready to let Paul die. Do you understand? Amen. Favor is a real concept. Are you with me? Even in the work of ministry, you need favor. Hallelujah. That you can stand before some people to minister. And you just say, I, do, I can't explain it. But there's something about your ministry. I, I don't know what... I, I've heard that in a lot. Say, I can't... There's just something about the way you teach. Ah, forget. Hallelujah. It's all over me. It's favor. Hallelujah. It's all over me. It's favor. You can't talk to me and not know that there's something about me that is different. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. See, the results I have in my life, in my ministry, in my career, is not equivalent to how much work I put in you. By the power of the Holy Ghost, it's not. Amen. I always expect to be favored by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm hard working. I give my best to my work, but I expect to be favored. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Just stand up and talk in tongues a little. Lift up your hands. Let me pray for you. In the name of Jesus, your needs are met. In the name of Jesus, your needs are met. Your bills are paid. In the name of Jesus, you are never stranded. You are never confused. In the name of Jesus, you have all that you need. There will be nothing in front of you that will be too big to start. All of the resources you need are coming to you. By the power in the name of Jesus, you are the favored of the Lord. You are the blessed of the Lord. People 
will see you and favor you. Amen. Listen, men are, men are coming from afar to favor you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Men that you've not met. Men that you've not spoken to before. They are coming from afar to favor you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Upon you is the favor of the Lord. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You are a man of consistent evidence of the miraculous. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Around you are testimonies abounding. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All your needs are met. Amen. Your bills are paid. Amen. May your eyes be open to see that those who are for you are much more than those who are against you. May your eyes be open to see that the workings of the miraculous are yours. May your eyes be open to see that angels are ever ready to deliver for you in the name of Jesus. Say, my needs are met. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. All right, please have your seat. We just have some announcements and then we round up. So, um, were you blessed? Are you blessed? So, you know, I, I don't want you to just... A lot of things have been said in this... Um, in, in the past, past today and yesterday. So, please make sure that once the sermon is available, um, go, make sure you go to them and listen to it again, alright? And this is a mindset I want you to walk with. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Don't just walk like... Expect things to work for you. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Expect things to work for you. Amen. Somehow, I've been looking at your direction... Again and again. Did you notice? That I was looking at the direction again and again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, the favor of God is real. Hallelujah. The favor of God is real. Expect a testimony. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Let's just round up. Say now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think according to his power that worketh in me, by me, for me, and through me. Glory to Jesus. All right, guys, have a wonderful day. Bye bye.